Welcome to Motley Fool Money. I'm Chris Hill, and I'm joined by Motley Fool Senior Analysts James Early, Seth Jason, and Shannon Zimmerman. Guys, thanks for being here. Good to be with you, Chris. Coming up, we'll talk about Google's earnings, eBay's latest move. We'll offer up a few stock ideas and share a few beefs. But we begin with better-than-expected earnings news this week from Citigroup, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, and GE. All are big players in the financial space. So, James, why don't you kick things off? Thanks, Chris. Um, let me point out one thing, that, that all these companies are very excited to get the good news out as soon as they can. You know, this is for a very simple reason. They want to look good in front of the government and in front of the taxpayers. I'd maybe be doing the same thing if I were in their shoes, but the bottom line is they could be front and loading some of the best news, and we could still see worse things to follow, especially when it comes to credit quality and things like that, which are uh, the mercy at the mercy of estimates. Worth noting, though, to Citigroup's credit, they did not take any write-downs under the FAS 157 modification that got so much airtime. So, hey, good on them. And that's really the headline that most people are interested in. No. <laughs> Actually, what's going on is that uh, everyone is looking for good news. Uh, the media is out there going, hooray for Citigroup. And since I'm Mr. Cynic, I'll, I'll start with what I saw in the release as good news, which was that the tier one capital ratio was way up. The cost cutting seems to be working. But there are horrors here beyond the company's inability to use the word comprise correctly in its investor presentation. <laughs> and, and, and the consumer credit trends are probably the scariest thing. Right now, uh, net uh, credit loss ratios on their credit card biz are 10%, and they're terrible for mortgages. And so really, they're not out of the woods yet. And a lot of this is tracking unemployment fairly closely. But when you say 10%, I mean, put that in context. I mean, is that is that way above that means average? I'm lending out, oh, yeah, it's way above two, two average. Two or three times average. Yeah, two or three times okay. average. You go back only a few quarters ago, you know, a year and a half, and you're talking about 4%, 4.5%. Okay. So this is a major increase, and it's it's probably going to get worse. So this is something we mentioned last week, and I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think this is one of those things people call a head fake. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, and we're not even halfway through the woods. Uh, James mentioned that they didn't take write-downs, and that's true. They haven't taken them yet. And better than expected is nice. Uh, but when you have an entire sector of the market that has systematically lowered expectations over the last uh, year or two years, uh, it's uh, it's uh, not very hard to impress folks, right? And so I think that uh, going forward, people should bear in mind the absolute returns. A, a fund manager once told me that you can't eat relative performance. This is all about relative uh, performance. And people should focus on the absolute when trying to assess the, the viability of these companies. Yeah, and let's remember everybody out there who, who's a little newer to this game, that, that what is expected is generally numbers that analysts are led to sort of by the nose, by the companies. Exactly. Yeah. But guys, the one saving grace here is that Citigroup stock, as with almost all bank stocks, is beaten down. So, you know, there are a lot of other people looking at the stock with the same opinion we have and saying, oh, there's more bad news to come. Um, I'm not saying it's an investment I will be making just yet, but, you know, if you're really aggressive, you, you could make money in this sector. Oh, I, final I, point? I, no, I, 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 I have a I final go. point. <laughs> Shannon then uh, yeah, yeah, Exactly right. Stock is beaten down, but yet over the last uh, six weeks, they, the financial sector shot up to the tune of about 60%. And so a lot of that is just uh, hope and goodwill. But how far can you get on hope and, and goodwill? At some point, the fundamentals have yeah. to come through. And it can't just be about relative performance. It has to be about absolute performance. And that's exactly right. The the, the write-downs are coming and uh, greater loan losses are coming too. And, and to the point about the stock being beaten 
doubt the, the earnings that are being created by Citigroup right now are going to the people who have these preferreds, right? So they're they're in line. They're, they're going to get any cash that's coming up for a while. So if you're holding on to the regular equity in the stock market, you're sort of last in line. Without the preferred dividend, they would have been uh, net income positive. So that's, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of earnings, Google also reporting better than expected earnings this week. But it was the company's first decline in revenue compared with the previous quarter since Google went public in 2004. Shannon, what happened? Uh, well, I've always been sort of a Google naysayer, you know, it, particularly as a, as a growth story. I think that uh, they're an interesting company, endlessly innovative, and I use their, their services a gazillion times a day, at least, and we probably all, all do. Uh, but basically, their revenue model is an ad sales model, which is deeply cyclical, and they're super effective in the ad sales space, but the, they don't have a lot of control over that. It's going to ebb and flow with the overall economy. So th- that's why I've not been uh, willing in the past, and I still don't own shares, but I have been willing to certainly pay up for the sake of owning shares. Watching the management team manage through the downturn, though, has been kind of interesting. I think that they've done a pretty effective job at rating in costs, uh, and I didn't expect that that would be uh, a strength of Google, and it has turned out so far uh, to be. Disappointing a little bit, I guess, uh, relative to analyst expectations, but I think in terms of looking more qualitatively at what management has been able to accomplish, uh, pretty uh, pretty effective stuff. I think it's funny that you bring in a, a new uh, <laughs> new financial guy to do some of the cost cutting, get rid of a few bodies so that your sort of hippy-trippy uh, former leaders can wander around in there. <laughs> their bare feet and go. Yeah, it's his fault, man. Don't, don't be really evil. Harsh. Just find someone else to do it. Exactly. They hired the man. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to hire, you got to hire evil too. <laughs> All right. A big bankruptcy this week. General Growth, the second largest mall operator in the United States, filed for Chapter 11, but the company says that shoppers won't notice. Seth, are shoppers? Gonna, someone's got to notice, don't they? Shoppers won't notice because the, the folks who, who hold the debt are going to take control of the corporation. Uh, they're going to go through a, a bankruptcy. So th- you really won't see anything on the other side. Actually, if you want to look for silver linings, and I'm not very good at that, right? But I will. <laughs> retailers and other people who are who need to rent spaces in these places are probably going to see some good deals coming up, not just in general growth properties, but, but in other places because the business for those folks is bad and they are going to need to cut rates. This was the second biggest mall owner in the U.S. And for those who who haven't bothered to read the whole story, which is a little bit boring. This is just an example that everybody fell into the same trap during the housing bubble. Everybody borrowed too much. And what happened to general growth is they couldn't pay back their debt, really probably never planned to. They're, they're one of these companies that always just sort of rolled debt. Well, when people won't roll you new debt to pay off your old debt, which is what happened, you get pinched and you go bankrupt just like this. But if this means we're going to have fewer shopping malls out there, I will be all for it. <laughs> I, I I just can't stand shopping. I, I hate it. Um, but but let me say let me say one thing else though that that, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, this could be in terms of the bank bank topic. I mean. If this portends worse uh, problems for commercial real estate, which it may will, may may, may well do, uh, it could be bad news for a lot of the, particularly the smaller and more local banks that tend to be very heavily exposed to the real estate market. So we'll just have to see, but this could be a bad omen for those guys. I thought this was a very useful story because uh, the financial media can only carpet bomb one story at a time. And so it was useful to sort of get some attention directed off the the uh, residential real estate story and onto the retail space real estate story, which is in dire straits, as, uh, as Seth and James have both uh, suggested. Yeah, and James Early's uh, manifesto from his shack will be on sale at Amazon. (laughs) In hindsight, was it a mistake to name the company General Growth? I I always thought that was hilarious. I lived in Chicago for a while, and I would pass their very lavish building on the way to work each morning, which is right there on the Chicago River. And to see this really ornate structure with General Growth at the top, I felt like I was in that Terry Gilliam film, Brazil. It was uh, strangely generic and surreal at the same time. And finally, eBay's doing some cutting. (laughs) 
eBay announced this week it will be spinning. Excuse me. <laughs> it'll be spinning off Skype, the internet telephony company that never quite lived up to expectations. eBay says it's planning an IPO for Skype sometime next year. Does this make eBay more attractive? For investors, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Uh, you know, Skype was an interesting play, uh, badly played by eBay, but an interesting <laughs> play. I was badly <laughs> played, but it was, was still interrupt <laughs> on an emerging technology uh, at a time when they wanted to be associated with that. But you know, eBay is no longer uh, emerging. They're the incumbent, and they need to do something to protect their incumbency. They're looking a lot more like Sears than they are some sort of bleeding edge internet company, and they have some sprucing up to do. And can I just say, from from page two of my manifesto, one of the <laughs> dumbest things companies do is just buy buy other companies. You know, even an investment banking book. I have notes that four out of five acquisitions don't work out. And that's wrong from an investment banker standpoint because they all work out very well for the bankers themselves. But for the companies, uh, managers tend to grossly overestimate synergies and and what's going to happen. And this one was obviously a dud from the outset. Well, the, I mean, yeah, and the story was supposedly that that people would decide they were maybe interested in, you know, my Spork collection, and then, then we would get <laughs> together on Spike you. and discuss it. Nobody yeah. wants to discuss this stuff with a wacko who's doing the bidding. I mean, Heavy come breathing on. or something. Yeah. yeah. Come on. All right, it's time for What's Your Beef? Speaking of wackos. Time to tee off on a stock, a company, a person, a concept. Shannon, what's your beef this week? Well, to me, it's it's not a beef, it's props. So that's the moo of joy. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, a certain development. The Wall Street Journal, uh, uh, one of, uh, well, uh, two great papers, I guess, in, in this country, has rolled out an application on the iTunes Store or app as the kids like to, to call them, apparently. <laughs> and uh, even though you have to go and pay at the newsstand, or even if you subscribe to the Wall Street Journal online, it's absolutely free uh, if you download the application and download the Wall Street Journal before you leave your house for your morning commute, as I do each and every morning. How long that's going to persist, I don't know. Uh, but I'm loving it for now. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, not, again, a beef, but my prop of the week. Can I get the move joy one more time? Yes. Go paperless. All right, James. I've got an easy target uh, this this week. You know, the other day I was uh, finally, I finally put my infant son to sleep after like four hours of wailing, and the phone rings. And it's a telemarketer. <laughs> and, and just to just be clear, me, yeah. it was it was your son doing the wailing, not you. <laughs> correct, <laughs> okay. correct. Yeah, yeah. My beef's not that bad. Okay. So, so fine. I mean, I, I thought I was on this do, do not call list. Maybe, maybe I wasn't, but this is an antiquated practice that, that must be stopped. I mean, just wasting tons of people's time. I mean, I'm sorry for such a personal beef, but I just can't stand it. I think a lot of other people feel the same way. We're getting some good insight into James Early, the man, <laughs> yeah, James, this week. James, three, James beard is down to the bottom of the table just during this taping. It's grown about a foot. Hey, kids, get off my lawn. All right, Seth. <laughs> I uh, have been struck this week. I was glad to finally see an article in the Washington Post uh, saying what I have been thinking for the past few days, which is that if you listen to some of these bank CEOs and bank leaders, Goldman Sachs, uh, uh, Jamie Dimon uh, over at J.P. Morgan whining about how they've been tarred or how they, they have this scarlet letter associated with them for having taken TARP money and how it's their duty or how they really want to pay this public money back because they just they don't feel it's fair that the government is stepping in telling telling them what to do now that they've taken all this money. And this is just a bunch of the craziest whining I've ever seen. And what the Post story pointed out is these guys are talking about giving back if they're allowed to, only the portion of the money that has strings attached, only the portion that gives Treasury a voice into what's going on, and the portion that gets them the most flack from the public. All of the other public handouts that they're taking you know, with their hand behind their back or through the back door, they're not talking about shutting those off. And so this to me is just a bunch of self-serving junk, and anybody out there who's listening to this, 
it's pitchforks and and torches times again. Come over to my house. I'm going to buy a whole pile. <laughs> we'll, we'll march on Wall Street. <laughs> All right. Let's look at one stock on your radar for the next week. Shannon? Uh, sure. It's Precision Cast Parts. We've been doing a lot of work on this one lately. It's a, a major player in the aerospace and industrial materials sector. Uh, ticker symbol is PCP. Beaten down hard over the last year for good reason. Air traffic uh, is down. Uh, production cuts at Boeing are apparently coming, and about 55% of the company's revenue is derived from aerospace. Uh, however, if you look at the valuation profile, it seems to be in the sweet spot for purchases in terms of uh, its history. And I think that now is a really good time for long-term patient investors to give a close look to Precision Cast Parts PCP as the ticker. Okay, great. Wow. James? Mine's very simple. I'm going to say check out a bond ETF. I'm not going to say which one, but a lot of bonds out there, yeah, how helpful is that? A lot of bonds out there are, are, are trading uh, at obscene levels. They're pricing in massive default. I hope they're wrong. You know, hopefully hopefully for, for everyone's sake, they're, they're wrong. So you could capitalize on this with bond ETF. Watch for inflation, though. Yeah, yeah, just to get in on that, James could not be more right. There are, is a chasm-wide uh, uh, yield spread between corporates and junk bonds in particular and treasuries. It looks like the debt deal of the century to me, too. Wow, so just like throw the, the bond ETFs on a board and just throw a dart? Uh, Party at Seth's house, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Jason. Uh, yeah, I was sort of at a loss until Shannon started talking about airplanes and things, and then it popped into my head. Grupo Aeroportuario del Sureste. This is a Mexican airport group. As an airport group, they have a monopoly. That's one of the beautiful things about airports. Are you speaking the language of love? I am. <laughs> Spanish, Mexican Spanish. <laughs> and they are, they own the Cancun airport or operate the Cancun airport as well as some others. And right now there's a lot of really grim news coming out about the border, about drug wars in Mexico. And I think that that's bad and it needs to be taken care of. But I also think it's really overdone. At the same time, we're seeing uh, some small decreases in the in the amount of passenger traffic. Uh, tourism is, is the the big thing for for ASR, that's the ticker uh, for this group, because Cancun is a tourist airport. But in the long run, these folks are the only game in town. They make a ton of cash when they're doing well. I mean, right now, they're still paying a dividend yield in the 6% range. I own shares, have for a long time, have been very happy, have made a lot of money on them. They're beaten down now. They're not always going to be that beat up. All right, Seth, Jason, James, Early, Shannon, Zimmerman. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Chris. Thanks for listening to this edition of Motley Fool Money. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Do your homework and make your own decisions. And remember, the conversation continues 24-7 at fool.com. I'm Chris Hill, and we'll see you next time. 